Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, uh, we got a big story we need to talk about in politics. The President of the United States, Joseph Robinette Biden, may not run for re-election. People around him are starting to get nervous about it. Uh, this is the Politico writing, and in their writing of it, it is Christopher uh, Catalago, Jonathan Lemire, uh, others. This is it. Joe Biden's closest advisors have spent months preparing for him to formally announce his reelection campaign. But with the president still not ready to make the plunge, a sense of doubt is creeping into conversations about 2024. What if he decides not to? Biden's past decisions around seeking the presidency have been protracted, painstaking affairs. This time, he has slipped past his most ambitious timetable, as previously outlined by advisors, to launch in February. Now they're coalescing around April. But even the target is less than definitive. People in the president's orbit say there is no hard deadline or formal process in place for arriving at a launch date decision. According to four people familiar with the president's thinking, a final call has been pushed aside as real-world events intervene. His cloak-and-dagger trip to Kiev over the holiday weekend took meticulous planning, and the positive reaction to it was seen internally as providing him with more of a runway to turn back to domestic politics. While the belief among nearly everyone in Biden's orbit is that he'll ultimately give the all clear, his indecision has resulted in an awkward deep freeze across the party in which some potential presidential aspirants and scores of major donors are strategizing and even developing a plan B while trying to remain respectful and publicly supportive of the 80-year-old president. Y'all... I don't actually think this is about Joe Biden running for office. I don't. Um, I, I have a theory. Maybe I'm wrong. I've been in the game enough to know what sometimes happens. Oftentimes there are people who need the ear of the president. This is a bipartisan issue. They need the ear of the president. And they cannot get access to the president in the time frame they need access to the president. Uh, he's got a new chief of staff blocking and tackling. Maybe some people who uh, Ron Klain would let through, the new guy won't. So they've run to the media. They've run to Politico. And the story is he might not run. We need to know. We've got things in place. People directly in touch with the president described him as a kind of hamlet on Delaware's Christina River, warily biding his time as he ponders the particulars of his final campaign. In interviews, these people relayed an impression that the conventional wisdom in Washington, D.C., that there's simply no way he passes on 2024, has crystallized too hard, too soon. An inertia has set in, one Biden confidence said. It's not that he won't run, and the assumption is that he will run. But nothing's decided, and it won't be decided until it is. 
Biden is dithering. They want him to hurry up and make his mind up. That's what the story is about. They don't actually think he won't run. They want him to hurry up and get out there because things must be done. Paperwork must be filed. Money must be raised. But I don't think it's a coincidence that something else has happened in the past few weeks. And I have a suspicion behind the scenes. Charlie, you may need to flag this one for the I told you so file. I don't know that I'm right or not, but I have a theory. Follow along with me, boys and girls. Today, Politico runs a story that Joe Biden just might not run for president, that he is dithering, that he is a hamlet on Delaware's Christina River, warily biding his time as he ponders the particulars of his final campaign. In interviews, people relayed an impression that the conventional wisdom in Washington that he would absolutely run crystallized too soon. A Biden confidant says it's not that he won't run, but nothing is decided and it won't be decided until it is. What does the story come after? It comes after stories from the New York Times, CNN, and Politico that there are deep concerns with Joe Biden's age, not because they won't have his back, but because they're afraid Kamala Harris is standing behind him. My personal suspicion is, what if this isn't about Biden running for office? What if it's about having to do the polling and the the general private reach out and the focus grouping of what if he drops Kamala Harris from the ticket? I just don't think it's a coincidence that the Politico is running the story only a week or so after running the story that privately Democrats are really concerned that Kamala Harris is a drag on the ticket, that Biden's age could be neutralized as an issue if he had someone people like besides Kamala Harris because people don't want to put Biden back in the presidency at 84 years old if he kills over dead and Kamala Harris is his successor in office. The Republicans will weaponize Kamala Harris as the VP. The Republicans will vilify Kamala Harris, and Kamala Harris is not up to snuff. Remember that line from that story in the Politico that all the people Kamala Harris's team said to reach out to to get good quotes about her? Even those people were had deep reservations about her. Even those people had deep qualms about Kamala Harris's competence to be vice president of the United States. I don't know that Joe Biden is dithering on running for president of the United States. He might be dithering on whether or not Kamala Harris should run with him. It makes some sense. Also, there's fundraising. When you file that you're running for president, you got to start disclosing more information about the money you are raising. No, I'm not suggesting he's getting money under the table from China or what have you. No, no, no. It's just he's not raising a lot of money. He hasn't been hands-on doing a bunch of fundraisers. So if Joe Biden were to announce... When the next disclosure comes out, January, February, March, so it would come out April 15th or so, comes out every three months, it wouldn't look like a stellar fundraising haul. If Joe Biden waits until April to announce he's running for president, nobody's going to care about the first three months fundraising report that he files because he hadn't declared. He He hasn't gone out there to raise money in anticipation of a future run. 
once he starts raising money in anticipation of a future run, he's going to have to he's going to have to raise the money. He's going to have to show big numbers. Remember uh, when Donald Trump ran, decided to run again, what Mar- November 22nd, sometime like that, Donald Trump announced the headline at the next disclosure period was that um, Jeb Bush, Hillary Clinton, and several other candidates were able to raise more money than Trump in the two months after they announced their campaign re-election. Biden doesn't want that headline. Biden doesn't want a headline that says Donald Trump raised more money after announcing his presidential run than Joe Biden. It makes him look weak. He doesn't want that. He's got to worry about the fundraising game. He's got to worry about the timing of running to coincide with a period of time whereby he can put maximum effort into fundraising to avoid a negative media headline comparing his fundraising to Donald Trump's fundraising after the announcement. And so you wait. But to the surprise of some Biden allies, they say he has talked only sparingly about a possible campaign. Three people familiar with the conversation said his daily focus remains the job itself. Except for the occasional phone call with an advisor to review polling, he spends little time discussing the election. While First Lady Jill Biden signaled long ago she was on board another run, some in the president's orbit now wonder if the impending investigation into Hunter Biden could cause the president to second-guess a bid. Others believe it will not. A decision from Biden to forego another run would amount to a political earthquake not seen among Democrats in more than half a century when Lyndon Johnson paired his partial halting of the U.S. bombing of Vietnam with his announcement to step aside, citing deepening divisions in the American House right now it would unleash an avalanche of attention on his vice president, Kamala Harris, whose uneven performance have raised doubts among fellow Democrats. Look, it's just a guess. It's an educated guess. It's, but it's just a guess. Um... I just think that Joe Biden isn't dithering on whether or not to run again. I think Joe Biden is dithering on whether or not Def Kamala Harris run with him. And when you think about the implications of that historically, when is the last time a president ditched his vice president for a reelection? I mean, even Donald Trump, who was rumored to be considering it with Mike Pence, did not do that with Mike Pence. This in and of itself would be historic. And our gut reaction, ours, I don't say just mine, but ours, yours and mine is probably, it would, wouldn't be a bad thing because she's terrible. It might actually help him. Until you consider the woke intersectional politics embraced by the left. When you consider the woke intersectional politics embraced by the left, he would be ditching the first black Asian female vice president who he picked in large part as a reward to black women who got him across the finish line in South Carolina. He would have to get Jim Clyburn to come out and bless this, and Jim Clyburn still sings Kamala Harris's praises. Jim Clyburn is the congressman who endorsed Joe Biden and won South Carolina for him. Clyburn likes Harris. Biden would have to find a way around that. They've got to strategize on what to do to ditch Harris. This is not about Joe Biden running or not. Maybe he won't run. But I don't think this delay is about that. I think it's about assessing if he does run, does he ditch Kamala Harris? And I have a hard time believing 
he can ditch Kamala Harris. Given the dynamics of the Democratic Party, when it comes to race and gender, I don't see how he's able to do it unless he ditches her for somebody else who would be in a comparable boat. I wonder, what is Stacey Abrams doing right now? If you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The employee retention credit is a tax credit of up to $26,000 per employee, and now more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at RefundsPro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even businesses that have received PPP funds may be eligible, and there are absolutely no fees unless you receive a refund. There's no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply chain challenges, or even reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. RefundsPro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses, so don't lose the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with a free five-minute questionnaire at Refunds with an S, RefundsPro.com. That's Refunds with an S, Pro.com. Listener Todd just emailed and said, just heard your uh, last segment on Biden running without Kamala. So what you're saying is he went to Ukraine to ask for all the Abrams tanks back. He's went over there wondering if there were classified documents and Stacey Abrams might be around to talk to about running. I wonder what she saw. I just, y'all, I, I, you have all these stories come out uh, two weeks in a row that uh, Biden, the best way for Biden to neutralize age as a liability is to ditch Harris. And now suddenly there's a story that he's pondering whether or not to run for re-election. I think he's pondering whether or not to ditch Kamala. Uh, to the phones, 877-973-7425. Dave, you're up next. Welcome. Thanks, Eric. I, sorry to take you a bit of field with this. Sorry. But, um, uh, you know, switch a subject. Uh I've been thinking about how President Biden and those on the left are wanting millionaires and large corporations to pay their fair share of taxes. I'm looking for their support, though, of Disney losing its special tax exemptions down there in Florida. Yeah, you know, that's that's a good point. Um, It it was kind of so for those of you who don't understand what actually had happened in Florida uh, years, decades ago. Walt Disney bought up a massive pile of land so much. I think I heard you could fit, what, 800 Manhattan Islands in it. It was it was giant property. And they formed a corporation, and that corporation was given the power to be in charge of the roads and the fire department and the police and the planning and zoning and all, all sorts of other stuff. They built neighborhoods and subdivisions, and everything was controlled by Disney. There wasn't really elected officials you could go to. It was Disney. And uh, Disney got its taxes offset uh, by controlling all of that and paying for all those services. And now, uh, after having weighed in on the uh, legislation in Florida to protect uh, elementary school kids from from sex education in school, uh, Disney got it revoked. Uh, it, it was yanked. Uh, it, the compromise, by the way, turns out to really not be a big deal. Uh, Disney will still exercise disproportionate control, so they're not deemed as bad as some people think, and DeSantis didn't win as much as he claimed. Uh, It was a good deal, though, because it made him look like a real leader who could take him on. But, yeah, to your point, we give these massive subsidies to corporations around the country. 
massive subsidies to corporations. The left and right both pick winners and losers. You would think the left would be fine with taking this control and handing it back to elected officials. After all, hasn't the line from the left been that uh, it's all about democracy? It's democracy matters. Uh, and and they've allowed a corporation, which the left thinks are bad, to control this massive acreage in Florida and the lives of the people who live there, you would think they would say, this is brilliant. This is a good idea. This is a huge win for democracy. We should get rid of the rest of these. But they kind of have narrow-minded thinking. By the way, real quick, I've been mentioning uh, that there was this case before the Supreme Court yesterday, Google versus Gonzalez. It went very badly for the Gonzalez family, and I feel terrible for them. They lost their daughter in a terror attack. But they're suing Google, claiming that because Google's algorithm put ISIS videos in the algorithm, Google is responsible under a terrorism law for the terrorist attack, partly responsible. They have provided no evidence that any of the terrorists saw any of the videos on YouTube, let alone used YouTube. And yet they want Google to be responsible. And, and the majority, overwhelming majority of the Supreme Court Conservatives and liberals alike are like, it's it's not our job to rewrite the statute. That's Congress's job. Uh, we, we, we are not Internet experts. You don't want us rewriting a law uh, that was written before the rise of the algorithm. Good for them. Elena Kagan, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, Sam Alito, all of them. Uh, the lone exception being Clarence Thomas, who questioned it to some degree. But uh, this, this seems to be like, uh, look, again, you may not like Google, but it'd be terrible for conservatives if they lost. We get more censorship. Y'all, I want to be real honest with you. Uh, I have looked, because you have asked me to look, for a reputable gold company that can give you advice and answer your questions that's not gimmicky. Like, for example, some of them do certificates, and some of them they try to rope you in with other stuff. You are interested in precious metals for your retirement savings uh, to ease the ebbs and flows of inflation and wild swings in the stock market. Advantage Gold. Advantage Gold. That's who you want to call. Uh, Advantage Gold, I have looked into them. I have had them answer my questions. And it is not one of these gimmicky places. There aren't tricks they really just want you to have a great experience learning how to be a gold investor. Give them a call, 800-450-2566, 800-450-2566. Tell them I sent you. You can get their free gold and IRA investment kit, but call them if you got questions. They're good people, 800-450-2566. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation, the phone number 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five. I mentioned yesterday Vivek Ramaswamy is running for president of the United States. Uh, I want to spend just a moment uh, playing you some of a uh, conversation he had last night. And we are in the middle of this national identity crisis, Tucker, where we have celebrated our diversity and our differences for so long that we forgot all of the ways we're really just the same as Americans bound by a common set of ideals that set this nation into motion 250 years ago. And that's why I'm proud to say tonight that I am running for United States president to revive those ideals in this country, those basic rules of the road, meritocracy, the idea that you get ahead in this country, not on the color of your skin, but on the content of your character, the idea that you are allowed to speak freely, yes, to be wrong sometimes, as long as your neighbor gets the same courtesy in return. 
The idea that the people who we elect to run the government, by the way, are the people who actually run the government. Uh, that was him. He also released this video. I want to. I want you to be able to hear this in his own words. And obviously, I'm going to reach out and invite him to the conference in August. We're in the middle of a national identity crisis. Faith, patriotism, and hard work have disappeared, only to be replaced by new secular religions like COVIDism, climateism, and gender ideology. We hunger to be part of something bigger than ourselves, yet we cannot even answer the question of what it means to be an American. Today, the woke left preys on that vacuum. They tell you that your race, your gender, and your sexual orientation govern who you are, what you can achieve, and what you're allowed to think. This is psychological slavery, and that has created a new culture of fear in our country that has completely replaced our culture of free speech in America. And that is why today I am announcing my run for President of the United States. This isn't just a political campaign. This is a cultural movement to create a new American dream for the next generation. To me, the American dream means you believe in merit, that you get ahead in this country, not on the color of your skin, but on the content of your character and your contributions. It means you believe the people who we elect to run the government are the ones who actually run the government, not a federal bureaucracy that grows like a national cancer that is now metastasizing to the private sector. It means that the best ideas win instead of getting censored. It means you don't have to choose between speaking your mind freely and putting food on the dinner table. It means you believe these ideals form the backbone of the greatest nation on earth that the rest of the world still looks up to as its example, not the Soviet Union in the last century and not communist China in this one either. That- now, it, it goes on for a little while longer. We, we can cut it there. You, you get a sense of how he's running. He wrote the book Woke Incorporated. He has come to fame on the right by advising uh, conservatives on how to battle back against uh, DEI stuff and against woke stuff and um, against uh, the, 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 the nonsensical uh, ESG investment strategies of some of the Wall Street groups. If you're not familiar with ESG, it stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance Guidelines. And whether it's uh, BlackRock or Vanguard or others, they have been setting uh, investment strategies based on left-wing social ideals as opposed to what's actually good for shareholders. In Florida, Overnight, uh, the comptroller or CFO of Florida announced he was pulling all of Florida's money from BlackRock because they're not doing what's in the best interest of the shareholders. They're advancing liberal social policy agendas, and he's kind of tired of it. Uh, A lot of people are tired of it. So Vivek uh, is running, and let me give you some of his background. I'm... I just I gotta say for a minute, you you know what? Let me let me turn on the recorder here and and let me get this on camera for people. I genuinely and I wish people could set their partisanship aside, and I know people can't set their partisanship aside anymore. But I just think it is a remarkably great thing for the United States of America, regardless of what you think of the candidates that we now on the Republican side have a first-generation Indian immigrant woman and Indian immigrant man running for president of the United States. They themselves are Americans born here in the United States, but their parents immigrated from India. You also have Tim Scott, 
who is a descendant of slaves in South Carolina, who represented the area where the Civil War started, Fort Sumter, Charleston, South Carolina, in the United States House of Representatives before representing South Carolina as a whole in the United States Senate. The first black man uh, to as a Republican to represent South Carolina is since the Civil War. It's remarkable history, and it shows progress in this country. It shows progress that pushes back against those who say that this country is systemically racist. If this country were systemically racist, Bobby Jindal would have never gotten elected in Louisiana. Nikki Haley would have never gotten elected governor of South Carolina. Tim Scott would have never gotten elected senator from the state of South Carolina. And now you've got uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who is running for president of the United States, He came from a middle-class upbringing in Ohio and became a multimillionaire several times over. I promise, I'm not jealous. He flies private. He made a lot of money. He made it in finance. He made it as an entrepreneur. He is an American success story. The left won't take him seriously. Many people on the right won't take him seriously either. I actually... Don't compare this to a Trump run in 2015, 2016. I know a lot of uh, my contemporaries or others saying, oh, this is like Trump. Don't dismiss him. 2015, 2016, Trump is this outsider trying on a bull shop coming in uh, because of his success. People take him seriously. He's a winner. This reminds me of Andrew Yang. This reminds me of Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang ran as a Democrat, and he was able to attract a multi-party coalition into the Democratic Party. Democrats, uh, some liberal Republicans, uh, he attracted a lot of outsiders who weren't really affiliated with parties. He attracted some within the libertarian movement, uh, and it was a very uh, successful entrepreneurial technocratic candidacy. To some degree, I think that's what uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is, is running as, is a very competent uh, master of finance and the capitalist system, bringing those competencies in to technocratically manage the uh, government from the right. It's very Andrew Yang to me. Now, Yang did not go very far, but Yang contributed powerfully to the conversations on the stage of the Democratic Party, and he forced them to have some conversations. The The thing here with Vivek Ramaswamy is that he would be coming on a stage forcing candidates to already have conversations about the things many of them are already talking about, whether it's Nikki Haley, who has a line that, that we need to be strong and, and brave, not weak and woke, or Ron DeSantis and his fight against the wokes in Florida. Uh, I don't know what Vivek Ramaswamy's natural coalition within the Republican Party would be and how many dollars he must spend per vote to make it meaningful. There's also the the uh, there's the concern of, from the donor class and from a lot of activists that if you fill up the stage, you only help Donald Trump. It was very notable overnight last night that the most eager and supportive people for him to announce for presidency were Trump supporters. I think they really are calculating that a crowded field helps Trump. He's still slightly got an edge in most national polls. You crowd the field up. He's the former president. People pay attention to him. He gets his ideas out. Uh, He gets his message out better than anybody else. That sort of stuff um, the Trump team relishes. That's why they seem to be so eager and happy to see him in. I would be cautious if I were them, though, because at several events in Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina, 
and we can take out South Carolina because she was the governor there. In Iowa and New Hampshire, Nikki Haley had several events where a lot of people showed up who were old, diehard 2016 Trump supporters. They weren't there to heckle her, to protest her. In interviews with members of the media, they said they actually really like Donald Trump, but they think it's time for someone younger who can advance his agenda instead of a one-term, lame, immediately lame duck president. That kind of caught reporters off guard. So they're like, oh, we expect you to be here to harass her on behalf of Donald Trump, and here you are, real known Trump supporters, familiar with them from 2016, and here they are showing up listening to her. They'll do the same for Vivek Ramaswamy. And like Trump, he is an outsider. He's never been involved in politics, made his money in the private sector, did quite well in the private sector, and now is ready to jump into the presidential race using his money. There is a personal danger here for Vivek Ramaswamy. Let me, if I could, I'll, I'll look at my camera and I'll have this conversation with him. And, you know, you know, I, I don't put a lot of guests on the program because my conversations are with y'all. I know you're talking back to me in the radio. You're sending me emails. You're calling the program. Um, my conversation here is for Vivek Ramaswamy, though. When you go down this road, because of your money, Vivek, you're going to be surrounded with a bunch of Republican consultants who will rob you and bleed you dry. You have to exercise greater this discernment than a lot of the Republicans who came before you. Republicans who are self-funders, who are very wealthy, typically wind up hiring the mercenaries of the GOP who they don't care about you and they don't care about your ideas. They give you lip service, but they're really there for the money. Mike Bloomberg on the Democratic Party side ran into this problem where he spun up this race, hired a lot of people, and got no bang for his buck. We've seen this happen on the Republican side even more than the Democratic side, where the Republicans tend to hire a lot of consultants. They do all sorts of consulty work. They do media. They do advertising. They, they do polling. They do all these things. And you're left with a whole lot of bills and not a single vote. So Vivek Ramaswamy, welcome to the race. I, I think you have a conversation that needs to be had. Uh, I Honestly, in all honesty and all candor, I don't know why voters would choose you over someone who's saying the same thing and actually uh, getting results in Florida. That's for you to battle it out with Ron DeSantis on, where he legitimately can claim he agrees with you, but he's got the results and you don't. And you're going to need to figure out your way around that with your team. You're going to need to figure out your way around Donald Trump, who also battles the wokes. You're going to have to figure out your way around these people. I assume uh, you are a very smart person. You will be able to do that. I would just caution you caution you, caution you. As someone who ran campaigns at the federal, state, and local level, I have seen time and time again very good people get taken advantage of by the consulting class in the GOP and find people who believe in you and not just in your checkbook. Find people who share common cause with you and not just care about you because you write their paycheck. It'll be hard to discern because they're really good. But the key to your success moving forward is going to be surrounding yourself with people who have fidelity to your values. And I would advise you to look at Ron DeSantis, where a lot of consultants 
came out of the DeSantis world and excoriated him and said what a terrible person he was to work for. And if you know anything about what was going on behind the scenes, you know that Ron DeSantis was not actually a bad person to work for. He had no time for the mercenary consultants. And over time, slowly purged from his ranks the mercenary consultants who were not there because of him, but there for the money. And the people he's surrounded with now are deeply loyal to him. They praise him a lot. They think he's a great boss to work for because he took the time to find the people once he won who could serve him well. You don't have that luxury running for president. You need to find those people as quick as possible. Godspeed to you. It's not so easy as just grabbing an Eden Pure thunderstorm and cleaning the air with everybody, but you can clean your air. All you do is go to EdenPureDeals.com and put in the discount code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. You get three Eden Pure thunderstorms for less than $200. You save $200, you get free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com is the website. Uh, you go to EdenPureDeals.com, you put in ERIC, you'll see them, the three-pack, uh, once you click through the site. They clean the air. They eliminate odors. They eliminate uh, pet odors, litter box odors, smoke odors, musty odors. You got a rental car that stinks. You can use the Eden Pure Thunderstorm with a USB cord and a USB outlet in the car, or you can plug it into the wall. It is a small device. You can hold it in your hand, a little bigger than your hand, and it packs a wallop, and it wipes out those odors. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Uh, no three anymore, just Eric at EdenPureDeals.com. Hello there. Welcome back. Y'all, I want to call your attention real quick to Patriot Mobile. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric is where you can go and you can get your cell phone service moved over to them and do business with a company that shares your values. They're Christian conservatives and they fund the conservative movement. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT. Uh, is the phone number. Uh, tell them I sent you. You get free activation. Patriot Mobile takes a portion of their profits and contributes to the causes you as a conservative care about, from the pro-life movement to the Second Amendment movement to veterans and first responders, even to funding school board races for conservative parents around the country who are battling wokes on their local school boards. That's what they do. It's what they believe in. They share your values. And in exchange, you get guaranteed great service in fact, you're probably, when you go to Patriot Mobile, using the same cell towers you're already using with your existing phone company because that's what they do. They use the existing cell towers. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. Get free activation with a company that shares your values. Now, confession. I woke up this morning and I did not feel great. And I decided I would plow through um, work today. And I have somehow in the middle of this radio broadcast found myself very sick. Um, so I'm leaving it to my fine crew to, um, figure out something. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to make it, make it through these minutes. Uh, and then I gotta, I gotta, I'm just not, I'm not great. Um, I, I, before I go though, I, I gotta, there's this opinion piece in the San Francisco Chronicle, and this is so predictable. Uh, they interviewed a man who says, if you reject the word Latinx, you are Latinx, you know, you're transphobic. How, how, how the hell does this work? Uh, they, you've got 3% of America, 99% of the people who use it, uh, of that 3% are white, uh, secular white people telling the Hispanic community that they're transphobic if they refuse to embrace a word that cannot be said in Spanish. 
Is this not the height of cultural arrogance from people to claim that a word that no one uses, if you don't use the word, you're transphobic, when no one uses the word except for 3% of Americans, 99% of whom are rich, white, secular atheists? These people, I made up words. And again, this goes to the idea on the left, the intersectional left, what they do is they revise words, they change definitions, they make up words. And if you don't go along with their game of embracing new definitions or embracing words you've never heard of, uh, then you are somehow a terrible, bad person. It's only a matter of time before these idiots change the name of the Himalayas to the Himalayas, and maybe the they Himalayas. She, him, her, zer, they Himalayas. I mean. The, the, the cleanup of the word choices of the left here and the imposition of words that no one says. Latinx, who really says it? Maybe some emroid professor or some Harvard professor somewhere will use the word Latinx, but there aren't really any Latino students on the college campuses of America using the word unless they're hyper-progressive. It's deeply insulting to people to tell them, if you don't use my word, you're somehow a bad person. When up until a few years ago, I mean, no one was even using pronouns. This is, people got bored during COVID, they forgot how to drive, and they decided to play word games with pronouns. It is infuriating to me uh, that we are supposed to accept this. I, I gotta tell you, I have a real hard time taking people seriously when they put their pronouns in their signature lines of emails or put it in their Twitter bios. I don't care about your pronouns that you have decided to display for the world. I already know whether you're a man or a woman. You don't need to tell me and you don't need to be offended if you think I got it wrong. I'm not using zur and they and them for a single human being.